This is the Smooth Operator Podcast. I'm Adam Liette, Director of Operations for a seven-figure online business and eight-year veteran of Army Special Operations. On this show, we get into the tactical nitty-gritty of what it really takes to run a thriving online business because at the end of the day, operators lead the way. What's going on out there, operator? This is Adam Liette. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode Today we're going to be talking about context shifting. So we're all probably very well familiar with that term in relation to what it means for our productivity and what we're doing uh, during our workday. If you haven't heard of it, basically context shifting is when you're constantly switching back and forth from one task to another to another without seeing something through. Um, context shifting is a great way to find your entire day gone without getting anything done. Um, because the brain actually requires a certain amount of time to focus in on a task. And when you're doing context shifting, like you, your brain actively needs that time. And it's going to take that no matter what you can't avoid it. So accept reality, accept biology for what it is. And, uh, you know, all the things that our brain does for us, like this is one of those things where the brain does this naturally and we can fight it all we want, but you're going to lose that battle. So, and I think the latest numbers, I was just uh, doing some research before, they say it's like 15 minutes in between tasks in order to actually shift context. So if you're doing a new task every half an hour, um, especially a lot of the tasks that do land on our desk, stuff that requires more critical thought, stuff that requires that focus time, and you're switching constantly, you're throwing away like a quarter to half of your workday just trying to get your brain re-engaged in the topic that you need to be diving into. And really, that's under the best of circumstances from, from what I've seen. So as, as leaders, we do find ways to avoid this for ourselves. Um, I use various different spirit things, like I'll have uh, punch days where I'll, have, I'll c- consolidate a list of you know, low-level tactical tasks that I just need to get done and require very little crit- critical thinking. But it's stuff that I just got to do. And so that's part of it. Um, so I'll try to do all those things at one time. So I kind of like turn off brain mode and go into just robot mode, getting stuff done for the business. Uh, big believer in to-do lists and having various things just organized more than anything, just so you're able to just go one step after another after another without having to turn on that critical thinking part of your brain. But on the flip side, I have focus days where I'll turn off everything. My phone goes off. I turn off any way of messaging me, you know, and I go dark when I need to be in a focus period. And I try to do that at least once a week. I'll have a full day of focus. Uh, I'll come in, do some of my tactical tasks in the morning just to get the day started. And then I move into my focus period. We know how to do that for us. But we also have people working for us. Uh, you'll you likely have people under you, subordinates. This is also a factor for them. And we need to remember that as managers, as leaders, that is actively on our desk to avoid our team members doing too much context shifting. We want to enable them wherever possible to be focused in on one task at a time. Not only are they going to be happier, they are, they're going to be more productive. They'll get more things done for you during the day. You're going to be able to actually give them a bigger workload if you're properly helping them or help uh, managing their task for them. So a number of different ways we can do this. 
And so that's really what I want to discuss today is what we can do as leaders to avoid context shifting from our subordinates. Especially here in the digital environment, it's been a long time since I've been in like an actual office. So I don't know if this is the case, but correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like in the digital environment, it's really easy to to do what I call just a drive-by tasking. Where you think of something, you jump into Slack or you jump on Voxer or whatever you're using and quickly put their name in there and they get the notification and we can tell them, hey, don't worry about this so tomorrow, but we gave them the notification. Like we put that on their radar. We took them out of flow. So we're killing their own product productivity. So a couple things I, I want to recommend work really, really well for me. Um, and I just think if, if you can employ at least one or two of these into how you're operating and managing teams, you're going to see the difference right, right away, not only in the quantity of work, but also the quality of work and their job satisfaction. Uh, I know when I batch stuff, when I get things all organized for my team members, they are so much happier and I can just, I can hear it in the way that they communicate with me. Um, you, you can just tell when they're much happier with what they're doing. All right. So one thing very simple is just the idea of educate, you know, let your team know about context shifting and how to keep an eye out for these things. We can't expect our team to know that you lose so much when you're jumping from task to task to task. Instead, pick a task, do it through, get it done. But unless we're taking that active step to be constantly educating our team, we can't expect them to know that. So I sneak these often into my weekly, into the weekly meetings that we have with our team where I'll have a brief two or three minute block just talking about some of the things that can help them be happier and more productive at work. And my team actually really enjoys that. When I know when I start talking about these subjects, I see their demeanor on Zoom. It just perks up versus if I'm going down kind of our here's our start of week stuff. Here's what's going on. If I say, hey, I got some good stuff for you guys. Check it out. Today we're going to be talking about Parkinson's Law or Pareto Principle or context shifting, like all these like big things that we know about, but even just reinforcing them within the team meeting and giving them tips to combat it, really huge and another way of establishing yourself as the leader. Another thing I've done is I've really helped my team and encouraged them to create recurring task lists within our project management tool. So basically everyone on the team has kind of their start of week list and their daily list. The stuff that they're expected to do every day might not live within a project per se, but it's just stuff that they have to do. And having it on a list like that, having it actually pop up first thing in your feed, here's what you need to do, it's actually really helpful. And uh, I found that they really enjoy it. And better yet, you can help them optimize it. So if there are certain tasks that they like to do first, if they like to check emails first versus check the voicemail. Or if they prefer to wait until later in the afternoon to dive into, you know, member support or whatever you have going on. Shipping, I mean, pick your company and the various tasks that need to get done and that are assigned to those respective team members and let them help prioritize it. So they can get their maximum productivity and tell you when they like doing certain tasks during the day. 
100% encourage that. Use that within whatever project management software that you're currently using. That way you have this kind of seamless uh, scope of what they're working from. You're not asking them to be on this checklist in Evernote and then move to the project management tool. Keep everything in one simple place. That way it's really designed to be working for them. So the other thing is there's this tendency to think of an idea, jump into Slack or your project management tool, tag someone with the idea, and then run away. <laughs> Those are That's the digital drive-by. So the bottom line is, could that wait? What you had to ask them to do, was it time sensitive or was it, hey, I got this idea for next week, let's talk about it then? Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself, is it really something that I had to distract them from whatever they're doing now? Instead, if you're having meetings, like say if it's you have this idea that's attached to a meeting that you're having tomorrow, it's an idea that has to be presented at the meeting, put it on the agenda. Make sure they know it's coming up, yes, when they read the agenda, when they get to that and are able to contact shift to tomorrow. But if it's something else, something that doesn't need done quite today, maybe there's a better way to do it. Maybe there's a better way to collate the various drive-bys that need done into one place and send them out once. And that's actually what I do. I keep Evernote open. I have a recurring template for the week in Evernote and it's just the various things I think I'll need throughout the week and this is definitely battle tested I've I've added to and taken away from the template as things have gone on but if I know I need two things from this team member one team from that team member and three from another team member I'll put that in my Evernote throughout the day and as I reach the end of the day then I'll provide one singular update to my team so that way they're only hearing from me at that one point of, of origin. I'm not bothering them in between. So doing that has been a real game changer. It's, it's helped me to even let things sit. So often we think of tasks and we walk away for a couple minutes and come back and it's like, oh, that really wasn't the best idea. Well, if you're already alerted the team member, that ship could have sailed. They could have dropped anchor and went and gone ahead and got to work on that project for you. And now it may not even be something you need. The final thing is the idea of batching. So I try to do this on a regular basis. If we have a large amount of content coming up or one particular thing that needs done and it's going to take a while, I try to batch it whenever possible. Uh, just an example, we do online courses. So with that, there's always the back-end architecture that has to go in place to create the modules and the lessons and the discussion board threads, like all that stuff. If you're doing it one module at a time, it sucks. I'll be honest. Uh, I haven't personally done it, but I, I know from the guy on our team that does it. It's really not enjoyable if it's done in that manner. But if I'm able to give him a large block of material to do at once, like two or three weeks worth versus one task every week for a three-week period. If I can lean forward, give them more, theoretically more of that work to do, but find a way to really narrow it down so they're able to get it done in a very concise period of time and be able to do it all with that mindset, like that's really helped and made made even those tasks that aren't as fun 
be almost a, a little like a game where the team member could knock it out in a very short period of time. All right, so overall, context shifting is something that's 100% on our desk, not only for ourselves, but it's on our desk for our team. So we're equally responsible as our team members to helping to avoid contact shifting. Um, the end result is not only is your team more productive, they're able to get more done for you, but they're actually really happier, much happier and much more satisfied with their job, even when it's those tasks that no one really wants to do, but they have to get done. Um, if you find a way to do those tasks without pulling them out of what their current work is, instead kind of let them have the agenda and let them put it where it's going to be best for them. Man, you're just winning. You're winning and you're now just further establishing yourself as the leader of the organization and the one that will guide them to the end state, to the promised land. And best of all, now when you do ping them, when you do have to do a true drive-by to come get them because something is needed done right now, you've conditioned them to understand and know that the little light on Slack that Adam dinged you is important. And I better look at it right now versus if it's drive-bys, you're conditioning them the other way where it's like, oh, I just can't get to that. I'm going to ignore it until I'm ready to look at it. Instead, condition this, condition your team to utilize your information structures and information platforms to the best of their ability and to what actually gets the most done for you. All right. Thanks so much for joining this episode. We'll be back tomorrow. Or I think this might be a Friday episode. Um, so we'll be back next week. Uh, next week's going to be huge. I'm going to be traveling, heading down to Funnel Hacking Live in Orlando, Florida. Uh, if you're going to be in Orlando uh, at the conference, please do hit me up. I can't wait to see all of you uh, spend the week learning from Russell and everyone else that's going to be at Funnel Hacking Live. So until then, hey, operators, lead the way. I'm out. Yeah, real quick before you bounce out here, I put together a free training on how you can run your business like a special operator through five simple universal truths. Get started today at www.adamliette.com slash soft. That's A-D-A-M-L-I-E-T-T-E dot com slash S-O-F.